Hallelujah. That is who you are. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you and we give you all the praise for being the great God, the great creator, the great healer and the great deliverer. We thank you, God, for in the, your presence is the fullness of all joy. We thank you for being our provider, for seeing whatever our needs are and going before us and meeting that need. God, we thank you for this time of fellowship where we assemble ourselves together to cause your spirit to be manifested in this house so that miracles will take place. And God, we thank you for it. And God, for every person who's speaking the word around the world, every man and woman, God, we pray that you would add a blessing to their words today and cause souls to be converted. We thank you for this. Now, God, we ask that your kingdom come in this place as your will is being done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Last week we were in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, and we looked at verse 8. Actually, we looked at verse 8 and 9, but we never got to 9. We won't get to it today, so don't worry about it. But in verse 8, I want to just give you the first and last sentence of the verse because you know what goes in between. It says, finally, my brethren... Whatever things are, and then you know what they are. And then it says, meditate on these things. Amen? What God wants us to do is think on things that are positive. And you're going to hear a lot about that in the next weeks, months, because I want you to be positive thinkers. You can be seated. Somebody told me there's only 97 days of Christmas. <laughs> Somebody said, what in the world they got to do with anything we're talking about today? That's a good thing, right? For those of us who like Christmas. <laughs> so I need you to lighten up, okay? That's what this is all about. I need you to lighten up. Uh, Christians are the most stiff-necked people. In all the whole world. One of the reasons, of course, is that uh, we talked about this last week. I want to make sure I, I, I review th just these few points. Is that people think differently. They're literal thinkers. We talked about that. They're people who think figuratively. Literal means just as you said it, just as it was written. Uh, most people who are religious are Old Testament saints. And they believe what the Old Testament says, thou shalt not. And there's a series of what you can't do. Uh, Jesus was just the other way around because Jesus was not only a figurative thinker, but we said he was a lateral thinker. 
he thought outside the box. And instead of Jesus saying, uh, thou shalt not, he said it the other way. You can. As a matter of fact, he says, uh, you shall. And the difference is, is that we're having a problem in our transition. And the reason we're having our pro uh, problem with that transition is because most people, when they read the Bible, they read it literally because they are looking for a specific answer. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that if you're looking for uh, a word from the Bible that tells you to take that job or not take that job, you're not going to find that. Okay? And so if you're looking for a verse to fit that, should I stay? Should I go? That's not there. And the reason is, is that the Bible is written in such a way that you have a foundation in the Old Testament, which tells us what God was thinking when he was trying to get his people to follow him. Now, we all know that the plan that he had was for uh, there to be people who were leaders and instructors, the priests and, and, and uh, the prophets to make sure that people was, were, were, were following the law. Well, we found out about the middle of the Old Testament that didn't work. So he began to talk about it uh, throughout Ezekiel, Jeremiah. He went all through and he said, uh, I'm going to have to put a new spirit in there. He said, I'm going to take out the stony heart and give them a heart of flesh so that they can not only hear me, but understand me. And then he said, the only way that's going to be manifested is I have to send my son Jesus to die for them so that they will have the ability to have him in them through salvation. And then they will be able to hear me through him via the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, we go through all of that just to get to one point. Uh, today, as we grow as Christians, things change based on our circumstances, based on uh, our, our maturity, we grow, we change. Everything doesn't stay the same. Amen. The only constant in life is change. Now, having said all that, I said all of that for one reason. We need to lighten up. <laughs> when you start to read scripture, you need to be able to lighten up. What was really being said and what was, what was the meaning of what was being said? Now, I told you this last week. Uh, Jesus, we said he was a lateral thinking, but, but he is a person with a dry sense of humor. Huh? Jesus is, listen, dry humor is a form of humor where something is, is humorous. He puts it out there, but it doesn't change his expression. He just says it. A lot of y'all are like that. Y'all say some funny stuff. And you're just as serious as you can be. And you know, I, I can't do anything but laugh. I think one of the funniest stories I ever heard in my life is a true story from right here. You all know we had covenant groups and we have covenant leaders. Covenant leaders have the opportunity to check on their members. And we had a mother that was 
See, see that story. Look, it had me told the story. The mother was 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 uh, sick, and the deacon went to check on her. Well, sometimes people hear words differently, and and they use them differently. And uh, we were having a, a a group meeting, and I said to to the deacon, "How's mother so and so?" And he said, "Well, pastor, I went to see her, and the doctor said she had gonorrhea." I said, what? Now, this woman is 80-some years old. And he went on to explain that she had gum disease, pyrrhea. Now, it took me a minute with that. But sometimes you need a good laugh, a good belly laugh. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, we got a real problem here. Boy. <laughs> 84 year old woman ain't got no husband. <laughs> but as a pastor, uh, it always managed to work itself into a good message. So <laughs> now. The one thing that I want you to see today is that, uh, <laughs> come on, y'all, <laughs> that this dry wit that, that Jesus had is what we call implied or indirect humor. Now, that depends on the response from the audience. See, sometimes you don't know you told a joke until they start laughing. Amen. <clears throat> sometimes when words come out of your mouth, you go, uh-oh, I didn't say that right. But Jesus had, to, had the ability to be extremely happy. The problem is he had to restrain his joy because his human side uh, had to contain his divine side or he would have been laughing all the time. It would be kind of hard uh, uh, to be laughing when people are suffering. Amen? So... So he could, he could uh, uh, control his, his, his laughter or his funny side. But the Bible teaches us one thing, and we need to remember this, that if you think something is funny and you are able to laugh at that thing and you are saved, then you have to remember where your humor came from. It has to be God-given. Amen. And then I have people who say, well, the pastor, I, I, I don't have a sense of humor. I don't see stuff as being funny. Well, we call those people, y'all call them, I don't know where, you, where the term came from. Those are people who throw shade all the time. Yeah, some of y'all know exactly who you are. <laughs> Your sense of humor originated with God. Then through Jesus Christ, it was manifested in the flesh here on earth. During those three years, he walked the earth. Amen. So if humans can find certain things funny and make human uh, humorous com com uh, comments from time to time, then you know that God has a sense of humor. Amen. Most comedians will say that. God has a sense of humor because he created us. And we look at us and, you know, when folks leave the house sometime and you look at how they dress, you know God has a sense of humor because they thought that looked good. 
unfortunately, what happens in, in the Bible is that uh, we become so familiar with Scripture uh, that, that we, we have a tendency to, to gloss over what it's really saying and, and try to find that thing that works for us. And usually we miss a lot of funny stuff. Amen. So Jesus used sarcasm, exaggeration, and other humorous techniques. Now, I've heard people say this. I've heard people say this. Literal thinkers would say, exaggeration is lying. And look at y'all. Yeah, sure. It is. How big was that fish again? <laughs> but Jesus calls that hyperbole. It is, it is an exaggeration to make a point. You may not get it. If somebody told you they went fishing, they caught a fish that big, you say, oh, okay. That wasn't much of a fishing trip. But if you say, I got a fish that was that big. And it probably was in your own eyes. Now I want to hear the rest of the story. And then you get to the end of the line, the punchline. Show me the fish. <laughs> How many of you ever walked away from somebody who told you that? And when you saw the fish, you said, now he's a liar. You never say that. But, well, most people don't say that. Okay. I remember uh, another little humorous story. Now I can't tell that story. But sometimes things are not what they seem. I remember uh, another story. I, I can tell this one. Uh, they used to have basketball games between uh, uh, warriors and wisdom, older, older guys and the younger guys. And I remember we were at the YMCA. You know, you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> and uh, Deacon Head, as they call it, making a fast break. <laughs> I said, bro, this is just the end of your playing days because that, that break wasn't fast at all. <laughs> but he thought he was rolling, boy. It's like he was in slow motion. <laughs> but if you ask him today, he said, man, I was moving. <laughs> a legend in his own mind. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's have a little fun today and, and look at what Jesus said. Okay. Now, I don't have, quote, a message that goes from point A to point B to point C. I'm just going to give you some examples of what Jesus said and what he did. Amen. Now, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 24, we gave these last week and I'll give you this week's in a minute. Matthew 19, 24. He said again, and said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of, of, of God. So we know that that was hyperbole, but we also know that there was a gate called the eye of the needle. And the camel actually had to 
squat down to go through the gate. Well, most people reading that don't know that. And if you don't know that, it becomes humorous. All right. Now, look at this one. Uh, Matthew chapter 23, 24, blind guides, you strain at a net and swallow a camel. That's a lot of folk to do that. <clears throat> what does that mean? Okay, look at, look at it. Strain out a net and swallow a camel. The little things you find that you got to pick at. The big things you swallow whole. Okay, take you a minute for that one. <clears throat> all right, let, let, let's move away from those because we gave you all those last week. And, and uh, you can look up last week's to find uh, the other illustration. But the fact that Jesus was able to get 12 people to follow him around for three years means that he must have been a charismatic leader. He must have been a people kind of person. The Bible says not only those 12 follow him, but multitudes follow him. So if multitudes follow him, they must have liked the guy. Amen. So no matter what he said, they thought, hey, this guy's cool. Amen. And uh, I wonder how many of you feel that way about your leaders. Laughter is the delight that things are working together for the good of them that love God. You ought to be happy anytime something is working together. For God's good. Now, I've got, I think, four or five little illustrations I want to show you real fast. Let me see how many I got, really. I got six of them. I don't know how many I'll get to. But we won't, we'll work, work on them. Uh, the first one, of course, is, is my, my main man, Jonah. Now, Jonah is what we would call in today's society a drama queen. Uh, Here's a guy who was running from God, hmm, rescued from drowning in the belly of a whale. There for three days, the Bible says. And then he complained about God saving the people he was sent to save. Hmm? But that's not the funny part. The funny part is that Jonah decided to throw a temper tantrum in Jonah chapter 4. Because the tree that was providing him shade died. And here's what he said in verse nine. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about a plant? And he said, it's right for me to be angry even to death. About a tree. That he didn't plant. In a place where he wasn't supposed to. To be. It's like you come into my house and get mad with me because my air conditioning don't work. <laughs> now the Bible goes on to say, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. In uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30, Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. The Bible tells us uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples about a group of people who, uh, who were having a problem because they loved Jesus so much, they forgot about bringing food 
or the fact that the people that they had there were missing work and all kinds of stuff. They just knew that the people loved hearing Jesus, so they had to figure out a way to feed them. Now, Jesus, being Jesus, he said this. Now, <laughs> I love this. He said, give them something to eat. And his disciples, of course, you know what they said. Where are we going to get food for the other? I know what they think. Even if we went to the store, we couldn't feed 5,000 people. But I love it when Jesus says, give them something to eat. Now, wouldn't it be nice if, if, if in your life, when Jesus said something, you didn't have to ask. <laughs> Then there's another story in uh, Mark chapter five about Jairus' daughter, which is really a good story. Uh, and verses 40, you know that Jairus' daughter had died. And, uh, and, 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 and of course, Jesus wanted to, to do the miracle. And there were only uh, a few people in the house. It was the three disciples, uh, Jairus' folks, and, and, and then the little girl. And of course, Jesus spoke the word over, little girl, I say, arise. And, and she got up. When she got up, the Bible teaches us that there was just excitement in the house. But the girl was running around the house. And Jesus said what most good parents would say. Give her something to eat. See the Yeah, some of y'all ain't never had 12 year old in your house. No, seriously. Because it's. Not only do they eat all the time, but if they just came back from being dead. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> you know the rest of that story. But you see, you have to be able to relate the story to reality. And the problem is most of us don't relate the story to reality. <sighs> Come on, y'all. You, you got to work with me here now. So then there's another story. I'm on number four in case y'all are keeping up. <laughs> I only had six, so I'm getting there. I'm doing good. I'm doing. Yeah, that ain't going to work. I know that ain't going to work. Well, I'm, I was looking at the clock because I'm saying if I'm going this fast, I might have some time left over. But you know that ain't going to happen. So. Now, before we get to the next story, I want to, want to stop and just take a, a, a little commercial break and tell you this, that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the Bible says that there's a time for everything. There's a time for what? Everything. everything. And verse 4 says a time to weep and a time to laugh. Now, if that were not so, it would not be in Are y'all understanding this? So too often people have a problem understanding this. Now, um, now let's look at uh, uh, the next one. This is what Jesus is calling his disciples. Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Now some of y'all may remember this story, and I like this one, so I'm going to turn to this one. Mark chapter 3. This one and one other one I, I, I like.
Verse 13, it says, then he went up to the mountain and called to him those uh, he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and uh, that he may send them out to preach. Now, I always like this verse because this verse is important, that they may be with them so that he can send them out to preach. Amen? Amen. Now, the Bible says in verse 15, and have the power to heal the sick and cast out demons. Simon, uh, whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he gave the name Boanerges, uh, which means the sons of thunder. What do you think that would mean today if somebody called a couple of y'all sons of thunder or daughters of thunder? That's, it means that you're impetuous, that you make rash decisions. You move quick. You engage your mouth before your brain gets traction. <laughs> and they had all kinds of misbehavior between these guys. Now look at uh, Luke chapter 9, verse uh, 51. The Bible says, and it came to pass uh, when the time had come for him to be received, that he steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem. All right, now he's going to Jerusalem, right? Now I'm going to skip these next two verses. Verse 54 says, And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? He said, don't mess with us. We'll hurt you. Huh? See, I like disciples like that. <clears throat> hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> no, you know what? Seriously, seriously, seriously. Uh, in the kingdom of God, there ought to be men just like this. Amen. Now, I didn't say they were always right. But their intentions are good. All right. That song say, I'm just a man whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. <laughs> Too far back? Okay. <laughs> Mark chapter 10, verse 35 says this. Uh, it says, and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, teacher, uh, we want you, you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, these, these are bold souls. They're not just bold when it comes to fighting. Look what it said. We want you to do whatever we ask you. Uh, and what they wanted is to be uh, in a place of greatness. Amen? And see, you, you got to understand how funny this is. Seriously. Because people do this all the time. How many times... Uh, those of you who are in a supervisory position on your job or have been in a supervisory position, how many times have people come to you and tell you why they should be promoted? And they can't put two and two together. Hmm? Oh, okay. Y'all ain't handling them people. <laughs> All right. Next one is, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, this is good. I like this. Here's what it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 41. 
It says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Now, I just see this guy because it did not say a board. It said a plank. So it's not a two before. It's at least a four before. <laughs> but it's sticking out your eye while you're trying to see the speck in mine. Now, that's funny. Let me tell you why I think that's funny. Because people in church live any way they want to. But when it comes to the preacher. You always tell me what I'm not doing, what I should have done. And what, what are you doing? Now, I, I just, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I don't care how you cut it. That's funny right there. Because, <laughs> because most people can't even see what's going on with them. Even if you point it out. Now, my experience is this. When you tell somebody, well, that's wrong. What you did is wrong. They say, what? I mean, that's all. What? They don't know they did anything wrong. And I can give you some examples, but this is this is humorous Sunday, sir. <laughs> now we talked about Jesus Jesus's sense of humor. I like this one, and that's why I saved this one for last because this is good. Uh, John chapter one. Let's go there. John chapter one. I like this one. Folks, it reminds me of a lot of folk I know. John chapter 1, Jesus is calling his disciples. Just like he had the first disciple, here's what it said. It says, uh, again, the next day, John stood uh, with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus, he walked, uh, uh, he walked, as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him uh, speak and they followed Jesus. Okay, now these two disciples uh, saw that this, this is, in fact, Jesus. So they said, uh, behold the Lamb of God, and they followed him. All right? Then Jesus turned and seeing them, following him, said, uh, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, uh, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? I like these brothers. They said, not only we're following you, but wherever you stand, that's where we're going to stay. Amen. And don't you love it when people do this? Uh, now, uh, my experience is that uh, most people, if, 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 nah, I can't talk about, I can't talk about that either. I got so much stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> Jesus, help me. I don't have to talk about y'all when you're looking at me. <laughs> well, it's the truth. Let me go on with my story. <laughs> it says in verse 39, he said to them, come and see. Amen. 
Now, I just think that's funny because sometimes when we used to travel, you know, uh, I would like to go to a certain particular hotels, you know, because I don't say that it costs too much. That means you're not following me. <laughs> you're not following me. You understand? You're not following. Why'd you ask me where I'm staying? <laughs> if you're going someplace else. Don't worry, Pastor. I'm going to be over here across town. And if anything jumps off, I'm going to be right there in about 10 minutes. <laughs> My favorite uh, chain, in case y'all are interested, I like the Marriott's, all the Marriott's, whatever they are. Okay? I'll stay at the Hilton, but I like the Marriott. All right? Okay. So don't be asking me how much it costs. All right, let's go on because the story gets good, as folks say. He said, come and see. They came and saw uh, where he was staying and remained with him that day. And now it's about the 10th hour. So they didn't ask how much, how much. <laughs> uh, verse 40 says, <laughs> one of the two who, <laughs> come on, who heard John speak. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him uh, <clears throat> was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon. He first found his own brother, Simon. He first found his own brother. Okay. Uh, Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translate the Christ. He listen, he went to his brother first. Now, why would you go to your brother first? Because your brother trusts you. And if you if, if, listen, come on. And if you've been a good brother. Uh, all right. Verse 42. I know it's going to get better. The Bible says, and he brought him, brought him to Jesus. Uh, now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So now we got uh, three disciples. Now, then the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said, follow me. Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsidia, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, could you be any plainer? You know exactly who we're talking about. Huh? And he goes on to say, look at this now. He says, uh, Philip said to him, come and see. 
And verse 47 said, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Hmm? And what is he talking about? Look at this one more time. Well, let me let me let me back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. I'm sorry, I skipped verse 46, which was the punchline. And y'all let me skip it. Y'all were reading along with me. You know exactly what it says. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's what they said about y'all. No, 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 no. Can anything good come out of the hood? Can anything good come out of Duffy Field? Huh? Can anything good come out of Pembroke? I mean, that's what they said. I leave who they are open to interpretation. But... <laughs> But that's what they said. And anything. Now, but, but here's what he said. Now, now we get to verse seven. Now, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? <laughs> Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, let's stop right there because we got it set up. So what's the first thing that came out of his mouth when he heard that they had found a Messiah? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he's already prejudged who Jesus is. But Jesus is the master of shade. Hmm? Simple. Now, now watch this. Look, look now what he said. Here's what he said. Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. That line right there that is the best shade ever thrown. What what that mean? He called Nathaniel an Israelite. An Israelite who had no deceiver. King James says no guile. What's he saying? You are a son. Of who? Of Israel. Who was Israel? Who was Israel before Israel was Israel? Who? Jacob. And Jacob's name means? Come on, y'all. So he says, behold, a deceitful person who's not deceitful. 
Now, you know, that's good. I bet Jesus was working on that all night. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, he says, behold. You. Who calling me a fraud. Who is the son. Of the inventor of fraud. Best shade ever. And this is what we told you about uh, dry humor. He didn't miss a beat, did he? <laughs> he kept right on going. He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. In other words, I heard what you said about me. <laughs> I heard what you said about me. Huh? Now, why is that funny? Because there's a lot of stuff we hear in the spirit. <laughs> now, I know y'all just, just don't pay us no attention. I'm talking about my wife and I. Y'all don't pay us any attention. You think we, we just two, you know, dummies who just stumble on into a ministry. And that there's no anointing in our lives, so we ain't got enough sense to discern when folk are talking about us. Just because you, you, you don't hear me say, I heard what you said. <laughs> I know exactly what you said by the way you treat me when I see you again. Y'all understand this? Yeah? Okay. So what I'm saying to you is that Jesus was making a point here. And, and I like the way he, he finished it off. He said... Uh, Verse 50 says, Jesus uh, answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? Oh, you, 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 you think that's all I can do? Now, as a good old boy would say, you want to see something? <laughs> Amen. So the Bible teaches us then, uh, this, this, we call it sarcasm, y'all call it shade. I, I, I think they're the same thing, I'm not sure. Nobody's ever defined shade to me, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm using it based on what y'all told me. But I don't know what shade really is. Amen. Uh, but I think it's sarcasm. I think that's what it is. Uh, but, but, but Jesus was cool. He said that, that, that Jacob means someone who is full of guile and who deceives. So how are you going to judge me when, when that's who you are? But isn't that what we said about the man with the beam in his eye? Yeah. Isn't this good? Isn't this good stuff? Mm -hmm. Okay. I know it would make a point somewhere. <clears throat> now, actually, I'm closing now. I got all six in. Y'all ain't giving no hand or not? No, no, I'm, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just. Yeah, but Pastor, that closing is a doozy. No, I, I, I got a two-line closing, okay? I got this. I got this. <laughs> so the Bible teaches us when humor reveals the fra uh, fragilities of humanity, it makes us marvel that God can love 
us as much as he does, uh, so much so that he allows his son to live as one of us. Listen, Jesus knew how fragile we were. And he also knew that we were, 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 were people who were prone to error. But it doesn't, it doesn't stop him from allowing his son to reside in us. So here's a reminder, and this is the, the, the last sentence I want to give you as we close this. Remember, the love of truth lies at the root of much humor. In other words, uh, this pyrrhea thing, that, you can't make that stuff up. Huh? And Lord, don't let me tell you about the f fatality with the pig cooker. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. It just, it's life. It's real life. Amen? So let me close this by asking you a question. When's the last time you really had a good belly laugh? You know, when you had something that was just so funny that every time you thought about it. See, I just gave you two right there that worked for me every time. Uh, anytime I think about those, I get so tickled. Now, if I had time to tell you about the pig cooker, that would really, that would really mess you up. But every time I think about it, I start rolling. I don't care where I am. I just quit. <laughs> I'm going to have to get a, a whole... Now, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Okay. Two scriptures. Stand up on your feet while I give them to you. <laughs> Psalms 126. Psalms 126. Did I get them to pull them up for you? Psalms 126 and verse uh, 2. Psalms 126. Here's what it says. It says, well, let's just start at verse one. It says, when the Lord brought me back, uh, uh, brought back, brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Verse two says, then our mouth was filled with laughter. How good does it feel to be delivered? Amen. Huh? The Bible says this. It says, and our tongue we're singing. This is then they said among the nation, the Lord has done great things for them. That's three songs right there. Huh? Look at verse three. It says, the Lord has done great things for us and we are what? Glad. Amen. Now look at Psalms 30. Back up to Psalms 30. This is so it, it is so important that that that, that you get. Take time to laugh. Verse 30. I mean, uh, excuse me. Chapter 30. Verse 11. It says, you have turned my morning, M-O-U-R-I-N-G, into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. I want to just say this. It's time for you to put off your sackcloth. Now, what, what, what are you trying to say? There is nothing in your life today that Jesus can't overcome. So there is no reason for you to be 
morning. As a matter of fact, because you are free, because you are healthy, because you are alive, because you are blessed, because you are prosperous, because you have clothed in your right mind, that you can move your body, you ought to be glad. The Bible says you ought to have your morning turn into dancing. You ought to be excited about what God has made available to you. Amen? Amen. So the next time you talk about what you don't have, remember what you do have. Amen. Amen. And I know that uh, uh, scripture tells us God's word, whenever he does something, the Bible says you're healing, you're delivering. He says it comes speedily. And I believe that the reason it comes speedily is because the more we praise him and the more we show the joy of the Lord, the quicker our situation changes. You can change it by your attitude. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for turning our morning into dancing. We're excited about your word and we're excited about the fact that you have caused us to see you in a different light. God, we see that the things that you did cause us not only to be healed, but to be able to share them in a humorous way. So, God, we thank you for it. Thank you, God, for putting your spirit in us so that we can not only grow by that, but we can also share and show that. And God, we thank you for it. Now, God, let your kingdom be alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah.